We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Party. It's 1230 in the morning on Friday, the January 13th. Thanks so much for joining me. This is Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. For those of you listening later, us lunatics are doing this in the middle of the night. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that game. The box score is going to be one of those things that we look at in years to come and wonder what the shit just happened. I'm really glad the Mavs won. I'm really because otherwise, like this, this room would just be all sound and fury, signifying nothing. But we won, and you know what? I think we should celebrate the win. If you guys want to harp on other shit, like perhaps Jason Kidd not knowing that Luka Doncic didn't have to be the one to shoot those free throws, maybe we could talk about that. We could talk about how bad the rest were. If we want to talk about that, we could talk about how LeBron James was big stinky, and I just I, I couldn't enjoy it more. So we're gonna we're gonna go with some folks. We're gonna fly through people because it is late and I am tired. Uh, first, my man on the East Coast, Iwan. What's up? Hey, man. I stayed up for this. <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, man. That was a fun game. It was. I, I hated was... it, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I was like, please let's not make this a clutch game. Please let's not make this a clutch game. I'm like, oh, here it goes. Just stress level up. It's a clutch game. <laughs> I mean, they they lost every quarter but the first one and the two overtimes. They got beat every quarter. Yeah, I was tough, and it's, it's like the it was like the lack of effort in the those few quarters, like giving them second chance. Like that's what's pretty much killing us in a lot of these games that we lose in the second chance opportunities because we play you know decent enough enough defense with the guys we have, and then we just don't. We're not just not we're just not hungry enough for the ball to get it back. You know what I'm saying? So, but I mean, it was it was fun, man. It was fun. It's like listen to these guys on TNT. Shaq, I think Shaq when Shaq went to that game and Luca dropped fifty on the Rockets, and he saw Luca maybe like in person for the first time and really see the capabilities of the team and really see 
what these other guys can do with the ball in their hands. And when Luke is done on the court, <laughs> he, he was actually defending us tonight. And I'm like, okay, Shaq yeah. actually saw us to really know what Baz fans go through on a daily basis. Yeah. And it's like to hear Chuck say, you know, get the ball out of Luke's hands. I mean, Luca, like they said, from the five minute point of the third quarter to the fourth quarter when he made that three, he didn't he didn't score. He was well, taking a double he was taking a double team. He was passing it to open guys. And open guys, left and right. Like there was that that brick. so I got my man Dancer Spinwitty in the chat giving me grief for for not for not being kinder to Spencer. Spencer gets this gets a pass with about eight seconds left over on the right side, right above the break. Gets pushed a little, knocked off balance. Can't believe the refs didn't call it. He's looking for a pass, looking for something, and then just heaves up a garbage can shot. And the whole team was ass in the fourth yeah, quarter. The whole team. Like, Luca doesn't get a pass, even though he wasn't making shots. Like, everyone was bad. And I am just, on a national level, sick of hearing about how Luca needs to get these 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 wonderful professional basketball players who I've watched way too many games of involved uh only for them to not come up ever now they did it in overtime Spencer Dinwiddie had two huge dunks because he had gotten a lot of cardio apparently I mean those dunks were amazing don't I I don't want to take anything away from that because the Mavericks needed it and you know Christian Wood who was kind of getting bodied at points has like I think he must have had four blocks in the fourth and overtime. Oh yeah, at five total. But I remember like five blocks. LeBron was like he was he came. They came up big, and I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased with the way they came up. I just am trying to reconcile with uh, that with the notion of of it didn't need to get to the. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's like Christian Waters. You can see he's fully bought in into what we're trying to do in Dallas and. I don't know how that situation is going to work out, but he's playing meaningful basketball in his first time in his career. And you see, you know, he, he got injured and he's like, nah, I'm going back out there. But nice. Team. You know, and as a leader of the team, Luke and stuff like that, you want to see stuff like that happen more often, well, you know, so, with your players. So, t- tell me if you saw this. So so this happened to Wood and Luca did this too, where they both kind of like crumpled up on the floor playing defense at one point. Like Wood got nailed in the ribs and like crumpled up into a ball, but then came down on the floor. And took the next shot. <laughs> like that's my favorite yeah. thing. Where I'm just like, I never know how to take contact with these guys because I'm like, if you're good enough to shoot it, were you were you okay enough to crumple on the ground? And like Luca did that too at one yeah, point. It's like, what? Do you, yeah. What? what? I, I, I love NBA basketball. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, and 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 lastly, is with, with um, Tim Hardaway. Like, you like you know, Chuck is like, oh, these guys are playmakers. We saw Tim Hardaway in the break. With the layup, brick. We saw we saw Tim Hardaway. We, we saw that. Like these guys cannot. They, we don't have. We just don't have the bodies. Sure. And I mean, once Green come back, I mean, I personally would rather have Green in the lineup than Bullock because Bullock is just ass right now. I, with, I, I don't see how they can continue to play Bullock. I just don't. It, He's awful right yeah, now. And, and I know you always say like if it's if a clutch situation, Tim Hardaway is not going to come through. And. It just today it was just like a millions of open shot. Even that first shot that he took in was it regulation before Luca hit the three? Yeah, he took the shot with fourteen seconds left on the shot clock. Like, why are you taking a deep three with fourteen seconds left on the shot clock? You can still swing the ball back to Luca and try to work something out. And you take a shot with fourteen seconds left on the top. Got a deep three. <sighs> I mean, they had some stressful moments, but overall, like this is a game to show you that 
Luca does is just I, I don't know how blessed we are to have this guy on our team. It just it doesn't matter what's going on, like he can make a big shot. And he's 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 clutch, he's he's built for these kind of moments, he's big for prime time. Cool. And it's just if you get a competent some other players that can actually do something with the ball, like it'll be so much easier. He wouldn't be looking gassed at, at the end of every game. Like it'll well, be so much I mean, easier. I I do think we can like Spencer's a good example of somebody who can do something with the ball. He hasn't been doing something with the ball, and that's been making it a little bit more difficult at times. Like Chuck or uh, Char, Shaq showed it at halftime where it's like, well, there's Luca doing this and getting the ball back. It's like, could we please run some more sets? Just a few more sets. They ran a, a couple of plays at the start of the, the, the same play twice in the third quarter, and there was – yeah, and it's Luke, like Luca setting the screen. Can yeah. we keep doing cool stuff yeah. like this? It works. I swear. Yeah, and I mean they they pounced on the Mavs' bad stuff like oh they're the worst in fast break points. We yeah. know that, but that's part of our defense. But they didn't mention that we're the number one offense. I mean half court offense in the league. Like that's something that you mentioned too. You wouldn't mention we are bad at fast break, but when we get to the half court set, we get quality looks yeah. ninety five percent of the time. It just. Some of the guys just not be not making any shots. I know, and then the you know? but the, like, you know, you watch a lot of ball. I don't really get a chance to watch much more than the Mavs. I'm not gonna lie. I don't feel like the Mavs half court offense is that amazing, <laughs> but the numbers are the numbers. You know, is it? I mean, in regards to would not look on the floor, but would look on the floor is like they get a great shot, ninety five percent of the possession. Yeah, no, that's true. On half court, you know, and then it's just. The quality of looks when he, when you know when they do that the charting do quality of looks and percentage of should be assist or should be shots like that's right. Luca and Dallas is like number one in that in that in that scenario. So that's right. Like, yeah. Well, thanks Go for ahead. hanging out, buddy. Yeah, great win. Keep All it right. going. Oh wow, we got a lot of people. I didn't realize there was many people in here. Uh, Mr. Sanders, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. It has. It has. I'm not going to be talking too long because everybody can say. A lot. It's a lot that went on. I just wanted to read off a quote from Kenny Smith from Inside the NBA. Probably the worst analysis on anything in the history of life. Um, (laughs) He said, every single NBA player in the league can play good in transition. And I was like, have you seen like 75% of the NBA? Because not even half the players in the Lakers can play in transition let alone maybe two or three on the Mavericks. And that's just – it's I feel like a lot of Chuck's, Charles Barkley's, like just not paying attention to the games anymore has infected him. And Shaq and Ernie are the only two left on that show that actually know the of basketball. But anyways, that's all I had to say. I'll let everybody else get to it. Thanks, Michael. I, I appreciate your frustration with them. I, I have – I always wax and wane. I think generally they love basketball, but they sometimes can't help but nag on some stuff. I, that was a weird that was a comment. I didn't like that one from from Kenny. Uh, Sam, how are we doing, friend? Hey, Kurt, can you hear me? I can. All right, cool. I'll be quick, too, because it's late, and I know everybody wants to speak. Um, a win's a win. You'll take the win. But the thing that's going to like piss me off the most, and I, it really shouldn't, but when I saw the tweet, it just – I almost threw my phone to the fucking wall. When Mark Cuban tweeted talking about Stan Van Gundy and the officiating. Why? I loved it. That's old school Mark. Mark used to talk shit. That was what made him Mark. But you tweet that 
And granted, it, it was valid. It was 100% valid. But I'm like, bro, do you see like the the comedy of errors that's happening in the fourth quarter? Yeah, it's like, everything else where it's like nobody hitting anything for sure. So I'm like, bro, you built this. <laughs> like, you built this team. Like, screw the refs. Like, it should have even got to a point where the refs were an issue. So <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I, I, I like the win, but Luca, we this is not good. Like Luca's having to play whole second half just for us to be competitive in games. That's that's not gonna. Yeah, see, that was Josh Bo's takeaway from our post game show, where it's like I I very much feel like like it's the it's like you won, but at what cost? Because you know how's how's um, Christian Wood's ankle? Uh, they play two more games in the next seventy two hours. Are they just spent? And you know Portland is not as as struggled a bit, but it's like it, it, this was tough. This was a tough one, and and it it raises as many questions as it answers because the Lakers are really bad, and you needed that effort. So does that mean by transitive property are the Mavs really bad? I'm just I can't get there. I I I think they're really bad in yes. my in my like analytical brain. I really do don't think they're very good. But then you go look at the West like. Okay, maybe they're fine. <laughs> I, I just I don't know what to do with this. Is this what like being an Eastern Conference basketball <laughs> fan was like for twenty years? Yeah, that's... right. Because it's like the one year that the West is everybody's down in the West except I guess you could say Denver and Memphis, and even then they're like I wouldn't say they're like unbeatable. So it's kind of like this is the one year where you actually have a chance to maybe make some noise, and then this is the year where it's just you're you're not it. <laughs> it's, it's um. I mean, I think uh, Nick said it on from Lockdown Mavs. You're literally a five-game win streak away from going from, like, seven to two or to three. Yeah. So it's just kind of the way the West is this year. I guess it's good for us because, you know, if we could keep this pace, we'll probably win about 44 or 45 games, and we might be the four seed. Well, the thing that I, I told Josh, I'm just like, the Lakers have hurt me too many times in my life. Beating them feels good regardless of anything else. And I, like... I'm texting all my friends from college. So I went to college out there. It's just, this is, I'm, I'm going to relish this one and then worry about everything else tomorrow. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Be the Lakers is fun. I mean, I'm 2011 still is in my mind oh, forever, yeah. but you know, but uh, yeah, wins a win. We'll take it frustrated, but what are you going to do? Y'all, y'all have a good night. You too, Sam. Thanks for joining us once again. All right. So we got about seven or eight people. So we're going to go through everybody. Um, Cause I'm a lunatic and I want you guys to hang out. Josh, welcome back to the show. Hey, Kirk, how are you? I'm good. You sound tired. You act like it's 1249. Oh, well, I'm back in the U.S. now, so. What time zone are we in? East Coast. Oh, shit, so it's two in the morning. Okay, yeah, you're you're allowed to be tired. Yeah, no, it's all right. I I have two um, uh, two quick observations. Speaking to what you were just speaking about, I think a big aspect of being such a fan you know i mean you're you're a mega fan because of how much work you do before and after every game um and most of the people in here are are, you know are semi-lunatics which which i am fully a part of and i think that you know we we you know look at the mavericks under this magnifying glass but the fact of the matter is is that every team has their frustrations, you know, every team has their, 
um, rockets and their yep. thunder that give the, the, and, and the only people that know about that are the people that watch every one of their games. And we watch every one of the Mavericks games. And of course these, you know, uh, we're, we're hyper aware of it. Um, yeah, the Mavericks are in like fourth or fifth place. The Lakers, um, were coming for blood at home after, um, what was an incredible comeback and, and demolition of the Lakers by the Mavericks on Christmas. So, yeah. So they came in feeling like, yo, let's, let's whoop these dudes. And, and it was really physical. And I think that it was, that was the biggest part of it was that, uh, that took a that kind of took a toll, um, but 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 here's the thing: if the Mavericks can manage to stay somewhere within, you know, above the plane, right? Yep. Be- because of stuff like this, and because of what we witnessed in last year's playoffs, I think that uh, they really do have a puncher's chance. That's a really big puncher's chance, not like a puncher's chance, like. Like we'll probably lose, but maybe we could get a knockout. I mean, it seems like in the big moments, Luke is always always ready to go, and you know, Christopher Christian Wood has had a lot of like late game heroic blocks, and to see Spencer get back into the fray um, in late game situations is very heartening. Yeah, no, because he, he's he's really. Spencer was such an early key to the Mavericks not dying. And so for him to, to his sort of quiet fade the last month has been concerning. Now, my, the sheer volume of minutes he's played was largely why I've not had really much commentary on it because this is the most he's ever played. And, you know, if he's tired, I don't blame him. But to see him hit some shots reminded me of him finally hitting shots against Utah in game six, I think it was, to finally put the Jazz away after he had been just like hauntingly bad in that first round playoff series. And then he was just balls out in the in the second half against um the Suns. And it's just, you know, he seems to be very confidence confidence is a key part of his attack game. And and I hope he found something tonight because the Mavericks need him. Well, he was, he was, he's, isn't it interesting how he's also kind of this quiet dude? Like, even when he, I mean, these were, these have been some ferocious dunks. I mean, even in a couple of losses, (laughs) even in a couple of losses that we had recently, he put down some dunks where you were just like, at the end of the game when we lost, I was like, man, that sucks because it feels like the dunks like go into the loss column and disappear because he's had some nasty ones, but after he dunks, he's pretty like, like he just goes back down the court and you notice tonight after the game, I mean, he just, he just was like, okay, cool. And he went straight to the locker room where everybody else went and, and did what they did. He's, he's interesting like that. And so I think that because of how steady he is, I think he's also paced himself this season. So maybe what we consider to be like kind of quiet might be a good thing because he's just kind of laying in the cut and doing his thing. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, it was frustrating to watch the Mavericks do everything they could to give away this game in the fourth quarter. I mean, the rebounding 
was this was one time where I was just like, dude. Yeah, they got, all they you got, got crushed on the boards. All you got to do is box out and pay attention to the ball. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's not even that. Well, that, the problem, the two best Mavericks rebounders in Luka and Wood, neither of them box out to save it. Like, they just, that's not a thing they do. They go get the ball, but if they're out of position, then yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah, but anyway, I don't. I don't want to keep. I know we have a big room, sure. Um, so so just wanted to you know chime in on that. And uh, later in a, in a month or two, I'll be headed to Dallas. So when I head through, I'm hoping to get through to my first ever, uh, you know, game at the AAC. So yeah. I'll, I'll I'll keep in touch with y'all and uh, go Mavs and have a good night. I'll stay yeah. tuned. Now Matthew in the chat says rebounds were tied, and when I like the Mavericks got out rebounded on the offensive end by. The, the, they gave up uh, 14 offensive rebounds. <laughs> That's a lot of offensive rebounds to get beat by and still win. Um, okay, let's go next to Brett. How you doing, Brett? Hey, Kirk. What's so up? Have, have we seen a, a quote from Kid on whether or not he knew the rules on that, on that uh, flagrant? I haven't, and I'm not going to look tonight because I don't want to go. I don't want to be mad before I go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, and it, and it might, I mean, obviously, you know, they won, so that, so that's good, but, you know, I, I I don't know which would be worse, like like choosing to have Luca be the one on the line or not, I mean, not knowing is obviously worse, but, like, they're just different. different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the, the silly part where it's, he was, Luca was so tired. Even if Luca's your best free throw shooter at that point, I still think you got to give someone else a look just because of how tired Luca clearly was. Like those misses were bad misses. So, yeah. And another another thing is that, and I'm because I don't, you know, I don't read every single article you know written about the Mavs, but but have you have you seen anyone ask or or kid talk you know at all at length about why Luca plays basically the whole second half and obviously you know the reason is because it helps them win games mm-hmm. and i think he to win games to i think he's wanting to do this like and they're having a hard time telling him no because they need him to win because it's like you watch that second quarter because they don't have an offense spencer is forced to pl- do the one pick and roll whatever thing that they, it just turns everything to ash yeah, I mean, the, I mean, it is terrible. Like, there's not an, another good option, and that's the same thing. I mean, that's why Luke and Dinwiddie play forty plus minutes a night, every night, which is just, I don't know. I mean, I mean if, like, in, like in this game, I like again, I get why they why Luca started, you know, the fourth quarter, but he was gassed at the end of the third, yep. and he had gotten he he was getting hit in the paint. I mean, it's and it's obviously like this is a this is like the top one percent of of how physical games are allowed to be in the NBA these days. Yeah. Like this is this is it's like an aberration. Games don't normally go like this. Yeah, the refs um, lost the refs lost lost control of the game and they they couldn't get it back. Yeah, I mean I mean I will say like Westbrook was um like he should have been ejected West, yeah. on the second he, hit. He had a pair of flagrants. Like yeah, he the, yeah, they called the first one and the second one where he just like shoved Luke out of the way on the rebound like he should have been ejected at that point, but the game was so far, right. you know, so far gone at that point. It didn't really matter. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was, that was quite an experience to watch. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think going back to the discussion that, that, um, that Shaq and Barkley were having on, 
on on TNT. I mean, I think it, I think it is interesting, and I think that that it's it's, it's the it's a discussion that I feel like lots of people have about the Mavs every single game they ever play with Luca, which is like the Mavericks roster and none of these players can dribble, but also wouldn't it be great if they could? And like then people who don't really watch them or don't really understand think that for some, like that somehow Luca, like letting them dribble more will somehow. That's right. That's right, because it like it goes back to the opening plays of last season where Dorian Finney-Smith got post-ups, and <laughs> we all came in here and we're like, "Oh no, that can't be a thing," and it's it's just it happens every time. It drives me it drives me crazy, Brett. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, every 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 time I hear that from anyone, and like and like I get it, I get both like aesthetically. Like I don't really have like the dislike of the heliocentric system from like an aesthetic reason, but like I get people who do. I, I, yeah. I get it's people who don't find it fun to watch, and, and I and I get that like it, it it like it is. Whenever anyone says you know that's not a style of basketball that that wins long term in the playoffs, that is also accurate. Yep. However, when you have exactly two players on the ros- roster who can like dribble from you know one place to another without throwing the ball out of bounds and even like throwing out the ball, like Dinwiddie throws every, every third lob over the backboard. Like it, like it's pretty dire, but, but when that happens, I mean, there's just like, like they should run more plays, but that's like a different thing. So at the end of the that first the quarter, should have the ball less. He should just have the ball in different. Situations. At the end of the first quarter, um, Wood, who is a pretty good passer, saw cutting Luca because Luca never cuts, because Luca just never cuts. Luca cut to the basket, and Wood threw him like a high fastball that sailed out of bounds. And Luca, you could tell, was like shooting eye lasers at him. Yeah, and then like two plays later, later Hardaway like also chucked the ball out of. That's exactly right, and like that sort of stuff. It just that's why Luca has the ball all the time. Now, one thing they could do, and you and I talked about this. You were talking about it in the comments. I saw you. It's like it is possible for these guys to run more sets. Like, like running plays is, is good. <laughs> like, like it, it helps. That's how you, that's how you get the most out of players and options is you run sets. Not everything needs to be a Princeton offense or a flex offense or like a read and react system. You can run things that are literal plays. And for anybody that like hasn't played organized basketball above like the middle school level, plays are normal. There are hundreds of them. There's this guy, um, I think his name's Luca Bassin. I, I follow, he's a European uh, uh, scout video guy who has like all, like he just posts these videos, like 60 different things you can do. It's, and the Mavs just don't do, I mean, they don't do enough of it is what I'm saying. Ooh. They do do actions. It's just everything else is like a high Spain. It's a, it's a pain, uh, Spain pick and roll. And then Luca Iso. Yeah, I mean, and, and the, yeah, I mean, because, like, obviously, you know, if when you watch, you, you, like, you know, they will run actions, but with the exception of 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 the the pick and roll plays, those actions are designed to get mismatches, which like you don't have to do much. That's not real. That's not that's not a play. That's that's just the play before the play. Yeah. Yep. And 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 from someone who like you know, it's something that like whenever I watch you know any college basketball game, it drives me crazy all the time when like they don't run plays and like they're bad and the players don't know what they're doing. But then like, but like it is not something that I recall seeing in the NBA much until, like in the last two years here. 
Well, it, the Celtics were a fun example of this because they ran some actions which just cut the Mavericks open. And I've been thinking about it since they did some things where it's really like there were a couple of of, of just I'm not going to describe this right. And it's been such a long time since I had to do this, but it's like there's different ways where you can get guys open. And the Mavericks just do some of the most basic shit where it's like, okay, well, instead of Luca bringing up the ball, we're going to have Luca run to the corner and then force a, a mid Dirk area post up. Yes. And it's like, could we, could I, we do more I get- stuff? I get like why they like the post ups. I mean, and I get that Luca is definitely much better than those now. Um, you know, he's one of the most efficient post up players in the league. But like, man, it's just, that's just like not good basketball. Sure, like, that's but what, not like, like, good what ba- about like a baseline to baseline cross screen where you could get Luca moving through some traffic and free up the ball? Like they never do any of that stuff. It kills me. And and, and it's not even like they don't. It's not like it's not even like they do it selectively or like they it's not like that that didn't happen in the playoffs last year either. Yeah. Like it's not like it, oh they're breaking it out, like we're just not gonna, right. you know, run our whole play. I like they, the Carlisle thing. Carlisle is like never gonna happen. Like Carlisle would like find a play that worked. Um <laughs> Carlisle would find a play that worked. <laughs> Sorry, I just, somebody sent me a funny tweet. Um it, 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 it and then would never run it again. Like that's what Carlisle would do. I, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, that is something that I will continue to be baffled about for as long as kid is head coach. Yeah. Well, man, thanks so much for joining us always. All right. Now we're going to go to my staffer, Brent, who I've not seen in a while because we work opposite schedules. What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. Good to talk to you. You too. What's going on? You've already touched on the Westbrook thing, which really irked me. Uh, On the first play – where they eventually called a flagrant that was clearly either an attempt to injure Luca or to provoke some kind of response to getting tossed. I'm not sure what was going on there other than literal head hunting in a way. Yeah. And then the second one wasn't even called at all. So you've already covered that, but I just want to say Westbrook's coming up to Luca after the fact and doing the nicey, nicey, I didn't mean it, you know, let's smile at each other and hug. And then they do it again after the game. It just felt a little too collegiate for my taste when it was pretty clear that in that moment, Westbrook was not really playing, you know, uh, above the boards. And I, I get your response. I get like, that's how I feel. But so, and you know this because you followed basketball forever. Luca's 23. They've known each other for seven years because Russell Westbrook and, and Oklahoma City played Real Madrid when Luca was 16. There's some amazing photos, and Luca had the the you know had to guard Westbrook for several possessions, and so I think there's like a healthy level of respect there. I also think that Luca knows he's the far superior player, and there's nothing else to do other than dap up. You know? Yeah, I guess I can't envision like. Dirk and Carl Malone 20 years ago hugging each other after a game like or, this. Or who was it? Just physical. Who was it? Uh, it was a pacer um, that put his hand on Dirk's face. David West, where it's like, the, oh, yeah. And, and never. I, I, I tend to agree, but you know, you and I are old, and what do we know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I, I, I hold grudges. I prefer grudges. Y'all, don't you agree it was clear that Westbrook was trying to take either take Luca out of the game, literally from a physical standpoint, or at least mentally? 100%. 
and the referees lost control of that game, and it was embarrassing. I mean, Stan Van Gundy, who is a a just world class like scold in all things, do not check his Twitter feed, people. Um, he he was just like crushing them, and you just don't hear that very often from from league partners. And and they lost control of the game, and you know the Lakers get a special whistle. Anybody that watches basketball closely will remember the bubble Lakers basically just fouled their way to a championship. Like, like Anthony yeah. Davis shot 40% from three and then they just fouled their way to a chip, which congrats. Like the, the Seahawks did the same shit with their Legion of boom. Like if you, Oh yeah, you're a Seahawks fan. I want to insult you. Um, <laughs> but it's just, a, if it's not a foul, if the rest don't call it, that's just the truth. And, and they got, they really got in the Mavs heads this game and it nearly worked. Cause you go look at this box score, the Mavericks lost so many things and yet they still won this game. So it's, it's pretty impressive. Christian Wood, you know, by the box score, four assists away from a triple double, but that doesn't tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. He was on several plays released Alving out of the high post down to Powell at least twice, maybe more than that. Got six assists. Yep. Uh, just enough effectiveness out of that positioning. Uh, I think that was in the Lakers' mind on the two shots that forced both overtime periods from Luka. That's why they didn't double, because the Mavs p- proved they could do enough on the four-on-three to make them think twice. Well, they, they need to do more with Wood as a play initiator because he's good at it. Uh, enough stuff like more high posts, less baseline stuff. Like, let him operate out of the middle of the floor more. It, it's it works. He's a good skilled player. I would like to see it. Do you think um, that you know, we talked earlier about Dinwiddie being high minutes, and I, I have been worried about that for weeks now that they've had to lean into him so much that he's this year's Dorian in terms of just getting turned up by January. Good comp. Am I worried? Absolutely. This team is running on fast, and it's going to catch up with them in a bad way at some point. I mean, it might catch up with them this weekend. What's the latest you've heard on Kleba's uh, return? I heard something that uh, maybe it's not as bad. What's no, the latest? I don't understand this. I'm, uh, there was a particular reporter. Well, there's a particular person who tweets a lot and does some stuff from the Mav stuff here in Dallas who put something out there about how he is is shoot, he, he's he's shooting around but n- i've heard no timetable on his return like hamstring stuff is i mean he had hamstring surgery i i right. I, just, I i think anything before an april return date is is nuts to even consider it's just we talk about the the players being limited but we're just we're thin we're hurt and a game like this, when you're looking at the schedule, when you're looking at Portland in a you know back-to-back scenario, they're probably calculating going, well, Luke will play the first game and set out the second because there aren't that many back to left. And you've got, you know, in the entire schedule, the entire run of the season, you've got some coin flip games where, you know, he's making this decision, to, uh, either kid, Luke, or together, to play the entire fourth because that's an admission. That's the only way we can win this game. And I thought he did, even though there were some Matador defense moments out of necessity, right. he did a really good job playing with five fouls. And obviously hit some tremendous shots because as frustrated as we all are, 
with certain aspects of this, as you said, they did come through and how much would it suck to have lost that game? A lot. And, and, but this goes like where, what you're getting at is the core of my beef as a front office and, and kind of team critical person for the better part of my time doing this in that you don't ignore entire sections of your bench. The Mavs signed, you know, they have, they have an open roster spot right now and a cheerleader and, and that's two of 15 guys. And when you have four guys hurt, all of a sudden those people have to play. I mean, you go look at the Celtics, it's like, all right, Jalen Brown's going to miss two weeks because he has the same, a similar injury to Dorian Finney-Smith. Is it going to impact them the way Dorian Finney-Smith injury is impact the Mavericks? Probably not because they have depth. Depth matters. You have to treat each. It, it, if this team wanted to be a contender, they should have done a better job building stuff. And instead they, I just, I think they always, they, they try to be too cute by half. And this is really you know, one of the things that was very interesting about the second half of last year is the Mavericks basically played seven and a half guys and none of them got hurt except for Maxi, who they managed his injuries. Injuries happen. It just, it, it's, you know, go look at the, the nuggets. Like you, you just have to build your teams to be able to withstand some form of injury. Now, I think what the Mavericks are dealing with is a little extreme, but, and maybe I just hope things improve whenever um, the two guys come back. When they come back, that doesn't change. We tried Faku, didn't work. We tried Kim, but he couldn't hold up. It doesn't change the fact that Green and Finney Smith don't solve the ball handling dearth. It's just it's still there, just like a day one of the season. And they're either going to make some sort of small move to get a backup point guard, or they're going to make a bigger swing. And I think that's what scares both of us is we know what that bigger swing could potentially mean. Yep. And if we can't do that, if we have to get the uh, the smaller trade or sign another guy off the street, I would rather do that than uh, prevent the move in the offseason that would otherwise be possible. Yeah, I think I, I, that's kind of where I am too, but who knows what they think. I mean, it's if, if they keep playing 500 basketball, I bet they don't do much of anything because why would you? That Things are mostly working. Right. Well, okay, man. Talk soon. You bet. All right. Talk soon. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, coming up next is another one of the guys that writes Mavs Moneyball. And we're going to get to everybody, guys. So please be patient, particularly got some of my regulars waiting. I appreciate you. Jack, you were mad online. Is Jack... I was. How do you feel now? Um... 
I was I was ready. I feel better. Um, I was ready to come in here guns blazing uh, if they dropped that one. And it, you know, it looked like that was going to be the case. I mean, let's be clear. Like, I know the Lakers like had a little cute five game win streak before, and like they've like not been as bad as they were earlier in the season. The lineup they put out tonight was <laughs> atrocious. Like when I saw that starting lineup, I was like. I, I was already I was already getting primed to get pissed off because I I knew that they were gonna find a way to not blow them out like they should. I mean, like Max Christie, who's like not a real person, played 29 minutes. Uh, no disrespect to these guys, except Kendrick Nunn, who probably deserves a little bit of disrespect. You know, uh, Wenyan Gabriel's hitting clutch and ones in overtime. I'm like, what's going on? Like, who who else played for them? Like. I'm gonna look at the roster the or the, at the box the score right now. It's it's uh, Troy Brown Jr. played 38 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, the average basketball fan doesn't know who that is. Because I don't why know would who it you? Is. He's Troy Brown Jr. Yeah, I mean totally I, I barely know who he is. <laughs> yeah, like and they played these guys like and you know that just speaks to the state of our team because we played Frank Neokina, you know, rotation minutes and you know we have you know Davis Bertans who. You know, I was one of the I'm, I've, I've been one of the people that's been like, you know, play Davis, like maybe he can get a shot back and, you know, knock down some threes for us. Like, no, that, that guy's cooked. Like he's got nothing left. Like that guy, like lately when he's been on the floor, it's just been a, a walking disaster. Yep. So like, they have to play Luca 53 minutes. They have to play Spencer 51 minutes. And, and like, like, like everybody's been talking about before, like they're cooked this weekend. Like, uh like they're gonna have to sit Luca one game. I'm I'm actually going to Portland tomorrow. Uh, I'm I'm visiting a friend up there, and we're going to both games. Oh wow! So, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm going to both games, and so like when I'm watching the game tonight, I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> Luca's definitely not. I don't at least- know. I mean, he's so damn competitive. You never know. And plus, like Portland's one of those teams where he just. <sighs> Who's the guy that used to play for Duke? That that's there now. Everybody was like in the first game. It's like, oh, we didn't have we didn't have him. We would have stopped Luca, and then Luca just put him put him in a like box and buried him. I can't remember. Gosh, um, I'm so tired right now. I, I can't think of who. Yeah, I can't I think of who that. But yeah, Winslow. Thank you, Chris. Winslow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, this is yeah. why I love the chat function of this over over spaces because I just need people <laughs> to help me out. Thank you so much, Chris. But that'll be really fun. That should be awesome. No, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So it's, it's it's cool to see the Mavs play on the road. Hopefully, like they have something in the tank to at least win one of those games. But like 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 everybody's just been saying, we got to get healthy. We we got to get our guys. We got to get Maxi, Josh, and 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 no, well, Maxi's not coming back. But we got to get Josh and Dorian back soon. Hopefully, like like kids said today, they're coming back soon. I mean, and like Brent was saying, it doesn't solve the third ball handler issue, but it can at least patch some holes in our sinking defense that can't stop anybody. You know, right, right. So, and then we can, we can curb Reggie Bullock's minutes a little bit because, like, I've I've been I've been very vocal about Bullock. It's like when you have these injuries, like you need somebody like Reggie Bullock to stand up, like, like to step up. Like I know he's a limited player. I know he's a three and D guy. I know he's a standstill three point shooter. But dude, you're making ten million dollars a year. All our other wings are out. Like you have to take and make shots. And he just isn't doing it. It's, it's we're halfway through January. Everybody talks about you know we've all been talking about how well he does this every year. It's like uh, the we're time too far into the year. We're too far. 
we're, we're too far. And like, here's my thing is like the NBA player plays into their mid to late thirties, you right. know, like so some guys like Bullock's been in the league for a while. There might not be any know? tread left on those tires. Especially, especially after last yeah. year's playoff run, where they ran him into the ground, and and Dorian too. Like we were seeing the effects with Dorian, and I actually think that Dorian being out for this long could be a, a bit of a blessing in disguise. He because, needs it. That dude's worked his ass yeah, off like, for like six years. He's tired. Correct. So maybe this long, like I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like if if Dorian like probably maybe could have played, you know. Maybe like if he if it was if it was like a playoff game like he could have been out there tonight you know sure. like sure maybe they're just giving him a little extra time to get healthy which I don't hate and but yeah Reggie as I'm sick man like you're he made two threes tonight I'm looking at the box score like I don't remember either one of them like I, I guess it's, yeah I mean but like in overtime it was just like he, as soon as he shoots the ball you know that he knows that he has no faith. That that shot's gonna go in. Well, I judge and like you know, my go my ahead. wife sits and watches all these games with me. She never really says much. She's always on her phone. And twice during tonight's game, she was just like she just uttered, "What the fuck, Reggie?" And it just, like it always catches me <laughs> off guard because she's just normally she's like like we just kind of watch the games in like ten silence because that's how I am. And it just like that's a that's a bellwether for me. And I just I feel bad for the guy at this point. Like I need them to start showing him like some some sports uh, inspirational speeches because he feels like the embodiment of the replacement quicksand speech. Like he's just there. Yeah, and you know it, you know it, because like he's not even hitting free throws. Like he's shooting like sixty five percent from the free throw line, and that's like he's always been a good free throw shooter. You know, like if he's not even hitting free throws right yeah. now, it's like he's mental, mentally he's just not in a good place. And it's funny because I was watching the game with my roommate and his and his girlfriend, and like she like asked at one point like after the game, she was like, "I feel like most basketball games aren't like that." Yeah, and I was like, she, she's not a basketball person at all, but I was like, yeah, you know. Games are not like that. That was this, one of the one of the stupider games you'll ever see, um, ever. <laughs> and then I had one other thing to to kind of piggyback on when uh, we were talking about how the Mavs don't run any sets and and their offense is stale and like a lot of Spencer's struggles. I think come from like they plug him into that second unit and they're just like be Luca and like he's not Luca and like he tries to get the mismatch and drive and he's just not good at getting all the way to the rim. He has no touch, you know. Well, it's but, too much shimmying. Like, if he can just yeah. – if he makes – he has such incredible wingspan. If he would commit to his first move instead of dancing, I think he would – because he has, like, an uncanny ability to get to the line when he really commits. And it just – he doesn't do it enough for, for my for my taste. We, we haven't seen it this year. Like, he has not been getting to the line like he has in years past. Like, and it's weird because physically he he's he's – playing well like you know he looks like he's holding up physically i don't think it's like he's like lost a step or anything like that like he's not very he's not very good at finishing at the rim or uh like he's got bad touch like he doesn't hit floaters you know like but he can get in the paint and and draw those fouls but he just hasn't been doing it but like they said they 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 don't run any sets they don't run an offense they just ask him to do what luca does with a second unit and obviously that's not going to work and you know, kid is not a brilliant offensive basketball mind, and we've gotten away with it because Luca. Uh, well, when Luca's in the game, they just run either 
spread pick and roll, spam pick and rolls, or they just match up hunt and play ISO ball because Luca's the best pick and roll ball handler in the league and he's the best ISO scorer in the league. So when you have that guy who is like the best at both those, like, yeah, you get numbers that say that you're the best half court offense of all time. When in reality, when the chips are down and when, when defenses are locked in and it's like a playoff style defense, like all of a sudden it's like tougher to get buckets. And that's what you see with Spencer in the second unit too. It's like, they don't, like you said earlier, they don't have a system. So we're going to see a lot of stuff like this. Plug your, plug your new Rangers podcast before you go. Oh yeah. So me and a couple, uh, a couple of the homies, we started a, a Rangers podcast. If you guys are into Texas Rangers baseball at all, it's at never ever podcast. Um, it's a play on the phrase <laughs> forever quit, uh, which was the Rangers mantra, uh, back in the Jeff Bannister era. I love um, it. so we're, we're fresh off the, we hit the ground running. We're, we're one episode in, we'll see how it goes, but, uh, we're having a good time, man. I can't imagine covering baseball. Can you imagine me doing this? 162 times you would, a year. You would if you had to, if you think that covering the Mavericks would turn you into an insane person, the Texas Rangers would you wouldn't have. Like you just you wouldn't be. And I and I love baseball. Baseball I, is like I probably love it just as much as basketball, but yeah, like the Rangers will put you in through the ringer. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, man. Thanks for hanging out. Yes, sir. That's right. Okay, let's keep going, man. I'm finding Laker tears on on the Twitter timeline of people complaining about the 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 fouls. Lakers fans complaining about the fouls. I just tell you, man, I fucking love Laker tears. Okay, let's go to uh, Mr. Pearson. Welcome. Give Brandon a second here. See if the audio will work for him this evening. Might have to punch and bring you back up here in a second. Um, yeah, we'll do that in a second, Brandon. Okay, let's go with Hey Will, what's going on? Hey Kirk, how's it going? It's going. What's up? Not much. Can you hear my TV in the background? A little bit, but that's okay. Okay, I'll, I'll move to a di- move to a different spot. Excuse, excuse me. Okay, so uh something that I had something that I uh came to a realization of earlier uh that was kind of fucking horrifying. I think that we have Four different guys on our team that you could label the worst such and such in the league. <laughs> Theo Pinson is the worst guaranteed contract in the league, and I genuinely think that. I don't think that's an exaggeration whatsoever. I think that Reggie is the worst rotation player in the league, worst guy that actually gets minutes. I think that Bertons is the worst dollar-for-dollar dollar contract in the league. And JaVale, this one doesn't really count, but I think JaVale might be the worst big man in the league that's on a guaranteed contract. Off season. Def- okay, yeah, yeah. That, okay, so that checks four boxes. But, yeah, man, that was gross. That was gross. I said this in the chat when you first started the room. But uh, you know the old, the old saying that, like, every time you smoke a cigarette, it takes five minutes off your life or some, something along those lines? Yes, that is what that is what watching this team does to me. I understand every yeah. Mavs game that I every Mavs game that I watch takes a day off of the end of my life. It the, this shit it stresses me out so bad. Didn't really have much to say about actual basketball from this game. Just had to say that because it was a very horrifying realization when I, when I came to that realization. I was like, "Holy shit, we actually have the worst." period player in the league on this team and the worst rotation player and two of the worst contracts in the league. It's just, it's just gross. But Hey, we got the dub. 
And uh, also, LeBron sold. So one of my buddies had a $150 free bet on FanDuel. Would have won $1,300. LeBron sold that shit by one point. He also oh. sold mine by... He also sold mine by one point, but I didn't really care about that. My buddy lost out on $1,300 because of that. But, yeah, that's really all I have to say. All right, man. Thanks for joining. Okay, let's try Brandon again. How are we doing, man? Doing well, Kirk. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks for joining. All right, man. Yeah, um, about Reggie, I'm like – I was looking at his stats, and it seemed like the way that he's playing statistically is kind of who he is. But, I mean, the way that he's looking this year, somebody brought up the point that, you know, it may not be any tread left on the tires, and um, that's kind of how it's looking. But just if you look at his numbers, I mean, outside of points, you know, he had a couple of good seasons, but everything else is about the same. So I kind of I kind of feel like, you know, this is who he is. And he just – Man, just looking at that contract, it just reminds me of of Wes Matthews before he left. It was just it was just a body on the floor, and it was just rough. Well, ten, ten million, ten million is not. If they were able to find a buyer, somebody that could convince themselves that in a lesser role he might be able to do more, ten million is not much. I just he's just so. It seems like he's so important to their identity. Like kid just sticks with him, and I understand why. But it's also like, man, this has been a lot of games and not a lot of progress. Yeah, and Rick loved Wes. I mean, he wouldn't take him off the corner. He's like, that's kind of different. Rick loved his Wes Matthews post-ups. God, you want to make it so bad? I don't know if you remember this play, but it would come off of the screen where Wes will go up under the goal and go to the other side of the three and do like this other side of the court and do a three and just miss. I'm like, dude, why do they keep running that play? But, but yeah, but yeah, I see your point. And, man, I mean, the Spencer thing, it's, it's like – I don't know. It seems like to me they're trying to fit like a, a square peg in a round hole. They kind of want a shooting guard to play off guard. Sure. Absolutely. And that just – it seems like it's out of this element. It, and you played basketball before. It's like you can't have two shooters, you know, in the back. You know, somebody's trying to facilitate, somebody's trying to shoot, when neither one of them are just like primary facilitators. That's right. They don't That's have a right. facilitator. And and I think they with the these with the kind of lack of structure, it it feeds into their worst instincts where it's like if you give Spencer the opportunity to ISO, he's gonna ISO and shoot. You know, he tries to make the right play. I don't I don't think that's the thing, but it's just if you're not running set plays ever and you're just giving him a chance to run a high screen and roll in isolation like you're like it's a Luca Light thing, drives me nuts. I wish they wouldn't do it. And I think, you know, what made those Bulls teams so good is they had B.J. Armstrong and John Paxson facilitators. That was their jobs. And the, the Mavericks, they just don't have that. Even when they brought in Kimba, he was a good scorer, but they still didn't have it like that facilitated guard. And they have so many gaps on this team. I kind of wonder where that Rick, where that where that would rank on the pecking order. Hell, I kind of wonder, you know, what's, you know, the number one priority to the team, you know, with – uh, Asian players and, and so many different gaps and issues with rebounding. So you said a lot of stuff there, but one thing you said sparked a memory of something someone tweeted me during the game. It was a guy with the handle at Swopa, and he said, this goes back to your gripe about not running the offense. Steve Kerr in this 1997 article, and he links this Chicago Tribune article to me, and it's a 
from Steve Kerr. Phil has said the triangle is not for Scotty and Michael. It's for everyone else. And I, 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 I think that's an interesting comp for what's like if Luke, you know, Luca is an offense unto himself. You can get out like Luca's fine. Like I'm fine saying that. I don't, if, if you want to play differently, that's whatever, but Luca is fine. Like we can do this, but everybody else needs an offense. So if Luca's not on the floor, they need to figure something out. They have to, and uh, you know what? And when they had KP, I think they kind of had an idea of what they wanted to do with him when they kept him. At first, I was, I really wasn't agreeing with Shaq when he said they should put him in the post, but I could understand why because of his size. And, you know, they would keep him off of a high high post and, you know, put him around the three. And I, I was kind of like, okay, well, KP can cook or, or shoot. And it just wasn't working for him. And I think that's kind of where things collapse. And I wonder if that would work with Christian if they kind of ran that same offense because he kind of has the handles in the, in the J, I think, to, to make that work. I wouldn't mind seeing some weird stuff. That's what I. That's kind of where I'm. Where I've settled. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. What else you got for us? Thank you. That's all I got, man. Go Mavs. I'll see you later. All right. Talk. Talk on Saturday, probably. All right. We're gonna get to everybody, but I'm real tired, guys. Krishna, what's up? Kirk, how are you? Uh, brain dead. (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've i've said some stuff i need to edit out of this so i i've, I've like been making notes and i'm like uh this is why i shouldn't podcast when i'm tired i i feel you i three teams i supported played today including the mavericks oh so you're just and emotionally watched, whooped uh you don't understand kirk i watched chelsea lose a game that was immensely frustrating and then i watched the dallas stars with a minute and 30 left have a lead, get sent to overtime, and then lose in overtime within 30 seconds. Yep. And then I had to watch this game. And I almost lost my mind, Kirk. I'm glad they I won for your sake. Make it. I, I was going to – I was – nothing was holding me back. My sanity, the, there was no thread. You know, this was like Hercules when the three – whatever, you know, they're going to cut the thread. That's what my sanity was on. My sanity was like that, and God, well, Luca missing those free throws. You know, I, I've been. I cannot. I cannot take this team anymore. Shadow GM Mark Cuban. Why are you tweeting about referees? Shadow GM, Dungeon Master, go do something. I mean, yeah. I, I, God, it was. This is bad. It, it's like it is. It's that. It's that sketch. It's that sketch from Netflix. I can't remember the show. It's Mark Cuban complaining about the referees when he makes all these dumb decisions and, and then goes, oh, you know, why is this team? Like, why are we not? I don't know. You Maybe you let the one guy on this team that, you know, adapted his entire play to the superstar and you said, hey, he's not, you know, you went on national television right after a playoff game and said, you know, we can pay him the most. But then when you got outbid, you went, oh, we can't pay him the most. <laughs> like, don't say stupid shit, idiot. You know, like, I don't even think that other owners don't think like Mark Cuban. I mean, we've seen that. I don't think other owners are that much better. But here's the difference. You know, Steve Ballmer doesn't always go out in public and say stupid stuff. The Boston Celtics owners don't go out and say stupid no, stuff. No, no, I mean, this is where I've been for three years. Who the heck are the Boston Celtics owners? Who are the Miami Heat owners? You don't know anything this about is, them. You just know I've about their GMs. years, man. I've been here for years. 
It's what got Mark to eventually send me the email and tell me to, you know, shut up. <laughs> well, yeah, I won't shut up because guess what? I can I can talk and I can say what I want because if you can talk, you can say what you want. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. It, it even more infuriated even more because this weekend I watched a video by Secret Base about the Dirk and Dwayne great one. beef. Somebody and go find that and put it in the chat. What a great that was a great video. There, there was a point where they mentioned Steve Nash leaves, right? And, and Cuban is talking about, oh, that's the biggest I've ever made. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, sure, man. Say whatever the heck you want. And then they made a very specific point that the next season, Dirk proved he can carry a team of nobodies. And Dwayne Wade did the opposite. Dwayne Wade proved he can ca- t- carry a team of nobodies. And Pat Riley said, let me go get Shaq and give him someone. And Dirk had to do the exact opposite for the rest of his career. That instead of giving someone else because you lost Steve Nash, you go sign who the hell knows who. I can't even remember the freaking name that the Mavericks signed because that's what this team does. This Jeez, team Terry. looks at all-time players and says, Eric Dampier. Oh, this yeah, team, this, yeah. this shadow GM looks at all-time players and says, Look at me. Well, guess what, Shadow GM? You didn't even effing draft him. You didn't even effing draft Dirk Nowitzki. So I don't want to hear anything about Dirk Nowitzki. I, I get mad when Dirk thanks Mark Cuban. Because you know what? If if Dirk was drafted to Milwaukee, I, I would feel bad. But who the heck knows what would have happened to Dirk? Because George Carl, I, who the heck knows what George Carl would have done to Dirk? I'm very, I would have been very scared. Um it, it is infuriating to watch this. And for my sanity, for Lucas' sanity, for Christian Wood's sanity, I'm glad we won this game because, my God, did some of these players look like they just wanted to lose this game. Even Jason Kidd. You know, I don't get it, Jason Kidd. You can't call yourself a coach because coaching is about telling players what to do, not saying things like do something, play defense. Like, that is not coaching. If, if if I if that was coaching, I should start coaching. Heck, hey, someone coaches. signed We're me Twitter up. We're Twitter coaches. He told us this. Jason Kidd's own words. Well, I, I can't deal with this, Kirk. This is actually infuriating. I mean, the the fire is right there on the burner. The fire is right there on the burner. We are a two week stretch of Luca getting injured. Uh, you know, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But we are a two week stretch from from this going up into flames. Uh, the only thing I could see saving this team is Pascal Siakam. And that's a, that's a dream. That's a dream in the sky. That's never going to happen because the, the level of incompetence from the dungeon master demon Lord shadow GM, that is Mark Cuban is, is insane. And you called, know, I think he not, was called Mark Cuban Vecna. So good job. Uh, there you go. Whatever it is. I, listen, I, I can't even get mad at players at this point, right? You've talked about it. I can get mad at Reggie, but Reggie is not made for this role. He should not be playing 30 minutes anymore. He he should be on a team like Boston where he's the 10th or 12th man and he can play spot minutes here or there. He should not be the sixth or seventh guy or the starting player on your rotation anymore. That's just not feasible. And it shows the poor roster construction on this team. And, you know, I just cannot get mad at players anymore. At at what point can you get mad at players when coaches fail to do their basic job and create sets, you know, things that college coaches do, you know, 
college coaches do that. Even bad college coaches can sometimes do that, you know, and your coaches can't do that. Your GMs can't seem to make, you know, realistically your owner can't seem to make any basketball decisions that make sense. And instead is going out and getting sued by, you know, cryptocurrencies you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Wait, wait, I, yeah, it's too, it's too late to touch on that one. You're just you're just going places. <laughs> I, 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 listen, Mark Cuban is the biggest fraud. This man got five billion dollars from Yahoo. What has Yahoo done? Yahoo wasted well, five well, billion dollars well, well, on I mean, online Mark, radio. I mean, he, he bet and then, big, and he's won a lot of bet big stuff. It's just with the basketball things. I think he's largely had. He won. Yeah. He won. He won. Bet big once, and that was because he, he Yahoo is the biggest scam company I've ever seen. They spent five billion dollars on Mark's company. Good for Mark, you know. Good job. And then they also spent two billion dollars on Tumblr. And then when they could have bought Google, they said nah. And then now there's now what are they? And no one knows who Yahoo is. I mean, like, look, good for Mark. You got money, but the the guy is a scammer in everything else he does. What the heck? You're getting sued by cryptocurrency companies, man. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, man. You, I, I have nothing you else to, to talk yeah, to. I, I want other Wolfgang people to go. In the chat recommends you go drink some water and go to bed. I, rec- I agree. Uh, luckily, I have I have multiple water bottles, so I will drink <laughs> water and get to sleep because this is a nutso, nutso, nutso time to be a Mavericks fan. And thank goodness at least Luca's here because my sanity would be literally zero at this point. Hopefully everyone has a better night than I'm having and uh, take care. Talk to you later, buddy. Okay. Micah, what do you got? Let's keep it short because I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, I don't know why I'm up this late. I guess because I'm just sick of wanting to talk basketball. But... That's right. That's why I'm up. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Um, the This game was interesting. It's just – I still don't know what to think about Seawood. It's just, it's so weird. It's just like. Honestly, I'm like, just feeling. He dominates these bad teams because let's be real, the Lakers are Lakers terrible. Are awful. Like, I, I don't know what to take from his game either. They're so bad. <laughs> they're so I'm bad. I'm glad he got rebounds like, tonight after getting bodied by the Clippers is kind of my initial takeaway. I'm glad he had some open looks after kind of waffling. And it's just. I, I, I find myself less frustrated with him as a concept because I think he's doing the best he can and more frustrated with the fact he's a reminder of what's not here anymore and kind of their limitations. Right. It's just, it's like you always say about a couple of these other guys. It's, it's great that Josh Green is getting better as a player, but needing him to win games shows what kind of state you're in. And the same with several of these other guys. And we're just limited. I mean, team building is hard. It is. So um, as upset as we get these guys and all the stupid things that they do, it's just like, if you look around the league, it's like, golly, it's not just us. Because, <laughs> uh, one comment to the other guy talking about the worst contract and worst rotation. Have you met PJ Tucker and Duncan Robinson? Because they would like to have a conversation. Well, you, mean, so, you mean you mean future Maverick Duncan Robinson? 
Oh God, don't don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Hey man, I I think it's on the table, but what I don't know anything. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> they're talking about Tim and God that. That would be so freaking Mavericks <laughs> to do a straight up swap, it would. so we could have two Bertans on the on the team. <laughs> it's like uh, what? Uh... That he is Berton Spider Man mean. That dude stinks. <laughs> Steve Carell, the whole sniffing a glass of wine and going, "This is a white." That's that's. What... <laughs> 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 All right, Micah, you got anything else for us? <laughs> No, man, I'm going to get some sleep. Have a good night, Kurt. All right, coming up last but not least, my man Michael. What's up, guy? Hey, uh, just got two things I want to uh, talk about. First, um, if the Lakers fans are kind of bitching about the ref, like anything related to the refs, well... Even if we're saying that those are even even if those are legit miscalls, which I think we can dispute, then it's payback for that one game when I think it was like Danny Green hit that game time uh, yeah, three. Yeah, Seth Curry getting held because, by, by Dwight yeah, Howard. Dwight, yeah. <laughs> so 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 we call it even at most. Um, all right, and then a uh, second thing I just wanted to mention was: uh, Did you hear the? Uh, I think I'm not sure. I'm assuming that Bill Simmons did a pod with Zach Lowe, but pretty much just saying that Brunson Go was worse than Nash. Yeah, I heard that, and and I don't, I I don't know if I agree, but I do know that right now, every time Brunson puts up a good game, it hurts because it just I don't see where the Mavericks build from here, and that, but that's what hurts much more so than Brunson. Yes. It's just, it's just like it's, it's very crushing. Like every single time you see, he's like putting up forty points or something. Like, uh, I, or like the other night when they're playing the Bucks and he like in like four separate clutch possessions, he like he like torched Drew Holiday and then like finishes at the rim through Brook Lopez, like draws a double from Drew and Giannis and feeds like Randall for some free throws. I'm just like, like I can't remember. I don't know. It's just like. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to like depress. No, that was tough. That was it's that just, was a tough. One. It's just it's 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 very difficult, and I think that I mean, at the very least, like they, I kind of can't believe I'm saying this, but at the very least, when they when they let Nash go, they did use they did end up signing Dampier. They got someone to replace uh, to replace him, and Dampier sure as hell is doing more than what Javale is doing. That's what I'll say. Funny man, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks for holding us, especially this late at night. Oh yeah, I love doing this shit. And so, just to leave everybody on a preposterously weird note, one thing about that Brunson torching of the Bucks, uh, what my galaxy brain Dalton Trigg take is that Jalen Brunson is going, and him doing that to the Bucks is eventually going to lead to uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo forcing his way to the Dallas Mavericks. And with that, I'm going to leave you all. We will be back here Saturday night after they play the Portland Trailblazers. Everyone have a wonderful night. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. It's been over an hour. I had a great time. Everybody be good. Enjoy your Friday, and we will talk soon. Go Mavs!